Hello, everyone. My name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Episodes drop every other Monday where we discuss the biggest Joshi news, review shows, and preview the hottest upcoming Joshi action. So whether you're a new fan or an old fan, we've got something here for you at Jumping Bomb Audio. Check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonald. It is Monday, the 8th of January 2024. It's episode 291. Happy New Year, Damon. Happy New Year. Um, another year, another uh, new calendar for everyone, I'm sure. They got everyone got a calendar for the Christmas holiday. Um, I didn't like to buy my own one. Did you buy? Do you have a theme? Which one did you get? I got an Arsenal calendar. There you go. So and I'm annoyed because there's there, there was a shop specifically selling calendars, yeah. And then all the calendars, the prices got slashed. And I went in there and I'm like, right, going to get myself like a half price Arsenal calendar. All the Arsenal ones were sold out. Then all the other ones stopped up. You know, Liverpool, United, City, Spurs, all of that. But Arsenal just gone, which is staggering considering we couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo at the moment. But uh, yeah, I had to buy one full price of Amazon. I was really annoyed. Ah, that blows. Yeah, I mean, I did the sports thing too. I got the old... Uh... Actually, it's not even just a Maple Leafs one. It's a, it's my favorite player, Austin Matthews. It's just him. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm a 13-year-old girl just with, <laughs> you know, with one athlete on their got wall. Got a couple cut out of him in the house yeah, as well. You know, I got a little hole where his mouth is. You know where I'm putting that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I actually got a couple Austin Matthews things over the holiday. So, yeah, it was cool. Um, exciting time, though. Exciting time. It's uh, we, are, we are four days removed from Wrestle Kingdom, three from New Year Dash. And um, I don't know. It feels like... Uh, I feel like I got a second win. So much shit happening that I, I know. I, I just looked. I was like, "Well, Wrestle Kingdom." I was expecting it to be like two weeks ago, but I was like, "Oh no, fuck!" It was only four days. But it just the news cycle is moving so fast that it's it's making my head spin trying to keep up with everything. Yeah, we knew 2024 was going to be wacky, right? We knew we knew there was a lot of stuff was going to go down, but <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna try and talk about some of it. And um, other stuff, we're going to dance around, and you guys got to do your best to read between the lines. Use your use your sleuthing skills. But yeah, it, apparently we are uh, between Kingdom Dash and Post. We are we are in heavy news cycle. <laughs> so strap in, kids. This is going to be a doozy. Yeah, we've got uh, an awful lot to get through today. So. David, let's not waste any time here. Jump straight into it. Biggest show of the year in the books. Lots of eyeballs on the product, lots of new eyes. I mean, up until this point, uh, it had been going pretty damn well. But 
that main event was embarrassing. It completely fell apart. Luckily, there was one pro in there to keep it from totally going to shit, even though he himself is well past his prime. But his opponent had no business being in that match. Dangerously sloppy, an absolute disaster for the company. So from me, a very generous half a star for Naomichi Marafuji versus Kota Ibushi. <laughs> Antonio writes in and says, Damon touched uh, this a year in regards to Ibushi saying he had no option but to stay in, uh, no option but to stay in NJPW, but fast uh, forwarding now to 2024, given his performances for AEW and more recently, no, the question is, was wise to get rid of Kota Ibushi and Thoggoths on the match? And was wise decision to get rid of Ibushi Thoggoths? Okay. So, well, did you see the match? I and did. What are your thoughts? Yes. Uh, the Noah Spectacular, uh, which wasn't a bad show overall. Pretty good, actually. Um, I did see the match. I did see the match. And, it, and, and it's being referred to as the match. Um. Wow. First of all, uh, let's just let's just cut to the fucking chase. Uh, that man, Kota Ibushi, had no rhyme or reason to be in that fucking ring in any capacity whatsoever. I don't even think he could fit in a button-down shirt to do the fucking ring announcing. He was, but he looked bloated. He looked, and this is me saying it, and not in any shape to be in the ring. And it's funny because I, I've told you like how I have this like dumb dream and fantasy kind of thing that I constantly always go to. And I told you that the person's body that I like morph into like is his, is all not the, not his current, definitely his older one. Um, so, okay. Not in any shape now, understandable in the sense that he could not train because the guy not, over and above his fucked up shoulder, his both his ankles were shot, and when I mean shot, just he couldn't put any fucking weight on him. He couldn't run the ropes. He couldn't bounce to the first turnbuckle. He couldn't post off of anybody, and and or assist um, in any type of of aerial slamming suplexes. Like he, there was no cooperation. He was a wet bag of fucking concrete. Um, Watching him try to hoist himself up onto the second rope without oh, putting any weight on his ankles was just oh, it's painful to watch. It was it was sad, and again, I know people are look. There are there are people that just love Kota Ibushi and just love everything about him and the whole nine yards. And and trust me, uh, I can understand a lot of it. <laughs> Some of it I cannot be quite honest with you, but okay. Uh, I you know I get uh, most of it. it pff, I'm saying this as a fan of his. I I mean, there's no reason why he should have made that date. Uh, there's no reason why they should have let him in the ring. There's no reason why. Like again, if everything is to be true, he doesn't need the payday. He doesn't need. Uh, he doesn't need to be in a ring. So to answer Antonio's question. Did New Japan do well to? I, first of all, I don't think they got rid of him. I think that a he was injured, and b while he was on the shelf, all the shit went down, uh, the Kikuchi shit, and uh, and then he kind of just you know did his own thing. That being said, he went. I, I I'm going to sit here and say. And I don't know for sure, Joel, but 
would do you think New Japan would allow him even in the ring at that point? Like how hyper like look I mean they won't even give Shibata a fucking date <laughs> you know what I mean and here's a guy that's like literally cleared to wrestle I would have hoped that they would not have let him in the ring but Noah did and this is what you got and it was one of the worst things I've ever seen in pro not from a clutch my pearls oh oh how could they it's more of holy shit like where what what the fuck what what led to this like what the fuck led to this yeah i from what i understand is he's been resisting surgery i don't i i, I seem to recall seeing some stuff about him like getting bamboozled by some sort of dodgy clinic that's oh, saying that they could on. heal him without invasive surgery or something how come it's always him so, you know what i mean how yeah. come it's always him with the Everything's an issue and everything's a challenge and everything like didn't I see somewhere like he a didn't want surgery of any kind that like he was anti-surgery or anti-medicine yep. or whatever like he just seems I don't know I look uh, I, Get I don't a fucking know surgery my man you you feel yeah. better after uh, you're an athlete athletes get surgery all the time. And if you didn't want to get surgery, great. Sit there and fucking heal in your, you know, with your eucalyptus fucking rub and whatever the hell else medicinal thing you can come up with. Time chamber. (laughs) Right. Whatever it is from the the Ibushi Institute, whatever you got, do it. But don't get in a fucking ring because this is what happens. And again, it just seems like he's like one of these dudes that like he's just a fucking Guy who just, like, there's people that have bad luck, no doubt. But nine times out of ten, when you trace back the dids and the did-nots, usually you're the common denominator. You know what I mean? So Yeah, touch of the CM Punks, the dark cloud falling around. (laughs) Right. How about Tony Khan? Tony Khan giving that guy a contract of any kind? (laughs) Pooh-wee! Talk about disposable income. Woo! Right. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I mean, he's fucking doling out contracts. I'll take one. I could use the money. I'm I'm, a, I'm about as much shape as he is. <laughs> Round. <laughs> Get it? Because he gained weight. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, but did you? Uh, did you? Uh, obviously, you saw the match. Um, I did. Yeah. What are your thoughts, man? What are you thinking? It's just really sad. I I, I, I loved Ibushi back in the day. I mean, the last, I think it was, was it the last New Japan show we were at or the penultimate one, the uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14, day yeah. one with uh, yeah. the, the Okada Ibushi main event and seeing how much New Japan invested in him with you know, huge Wrestle Kingdom wins and new titles and everything. Uh, just to see it all go to shit. It's just really unfortunate. And yeah. I don't I don't get any joy from that. Like, ah ha ha, look what's happened to him. Oh just... god no. Yeah. Yeah, no joy. No. Just it is sad. But look <laughs> that how long ago was that? Five years ago? You know what I mean? Like I mean lots of lots of things have changed and you can't I don't know. You can't turn back the hands of time, you know. 
Yeah. It's uh, he's get the surgery, get healed up. Obviously, that's the priority. And then think about even if you you know here's the thing too. He's not 25. He's you know what near 40 at this point in the game. Like, if you don't need the money, you don't need to do this. You, you know, if 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 again, what everybody says is true—that he doesn't need the money. Then, then what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is this makes no sense. So, I don't th- I, look. I, I think it's a good thing we will not be seeing Kota Obushi for a decent time, and that's a good thing because even if this is it, then. I hate to say it, but you did kind of go out on a, on a weird note, on a fucking weird note. But you know, it, it's pro wrestling, and uh, stranger things have happened, right? And that's well, okay, was it to- was it worse than those Saudi shows with uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Undertaker? You know the ones right. I mean? Yeah, or like Goldberg, the, the you know, yeah, Goldberg and yeah, and Undertaker, where they're like wheezing and fucking they're. Their bodies are just torn to shit. All for the payday. What what Ibushi should do: get back to the Ibushi Pro Wrestling Research Institute and just like fully lean in on that. I want him like lab coat, just like full on scientists, and I want to see just regular videos of him posting with all the the nutty things he's researched (laughs) about pro wrestling, and he can do all of that without (laughs) without getting in the ring. Book run shows, you know. There, there, you know. I'm sure people would would flock to go see. Something he put on. It would be wacky if you like the wacky pro wrestling. Man, you, you'd be you'd be in in your glory. When you it's said just, book, I thought you were going to say he should write a book, and that would make him one of the few people who've written more books than he's read. <laughs> uh, we're kicking him while he's down. Um, look, what are you going to do? It's it's it is a. It feels like a million years ago that he was. IWGP heavyweight champion, and he was on top of the world. And you know how, how quickly we fall. But you know, again, if this if that's the last thing he does in a pro wrestling ring, you know, it's not something that's you, you want to put in your fucking resume. But look, in the history of pro wrestling, I I kind of feel like there's actually been worse. Like like Flair's last match with Jarrett and Lethal and all. Like to me, that was. <sighs> Like that was an old man needing money, you know what I mean? And and Conrad doing everything he can to fucking milk every dollar out of fans, you know what I mean? Like that to me, that's worse. To me, that's worse than what we saw with Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi was just a guy who's like, I'm fucked up physically, but I told him I would be there, so I'm going to give it a fucking try, and it didn't work out. But like the flare thing, and you know that to me, that's a little bit more like ugh. Then Kota Obushi giving him a try when he physically couldn't. Yeah, I just think the, the spot as well, just being the main event in a big show like that against a guy like Marafuji, it was, you know, I was sort of hoping he might lean into more sort of the MMA. I said, you know, those, those, that great match you had with um, Suzuki in the G1 a few years back. Yeah. And that I feel is something that could have a bit more longevity for him in terms of Imri. But again, I think he's a long way away from that. He needs yeah. to. Get himself fixed up before I'm um, thinking about that, but um, yeah, there we go. That's uh, <laughs> go to Ibushi. Yeah. Um, I did want to give a, a plug to our awards. If you have not voted yet, that is pinned to the Twitter page. 
So if you've not yet voted in our year-end awards ballot, please do that, and we'll announce the winner maybe next week. Really? So we've got plenty of ballots in so far. Yeah. How many do you think we have? Give me a, give me a, a round number. Uh, I would say I'd be happy if we got 200, yeah. given <laughs> the state of, of things at the moment. But, yeah, let's, let's aim for 200. Okay. Yeah, it seems like it goes down every year. This might be the last year we do this. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares about Easy awards? Enough. I just I just recycle the um the form from last year. I'm gonna change change the info on it. Yeah. Easy. I mean, why why do anything else? You know, it's a uh, it is it is laborious and counting and the fucking everything. But so I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. I like it. Know. I like the numbers, I like the little graphs. I'm a bit bit of a pervert yeah. when it comes to that sort of stuff. So yeah, if you're not voted already, uh, get on our Twitter page, and it's pinned there. It's a Google form, so pop in your votes, and uh, we will have results for you very, very soon. Yes. Uh, where else you well, want to go here? Um, without going into specifics, where we at with 2024 in New Japan? Because I, I feel it's a new year, and I want to try and, and see the positives more, because I don't have the energy to be... I'm launching on a tirade about every little thing that the company are doing. I think this this is New Japan at the moment. They're going to do a lot of really cool, good stuff that I like, and they're also going to do a lot of nutty stuff. I think, what are you doing? And a little sprinkling of stuff that I think is really shitty and think, what the fuck? Um, so I think I just have to compartmentalise that stuff and not let, for, for my own enjoyment and for my own longevity, not let that stuff bleed into the good stuff because it's just, just, that's that's where we, we are with New Japan at the moment. It's just a, a crazy company. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm with you. Like I I I walked out you know, or turned off the TV rather, and I did stay up. I I woke up and there were times where I was a little sleepy. It was a little tough, but I made it through. Um, I I came out of. Wrestle Kingdom with a lot of optimism and a lot of energy where I felt like my battery was really low and like my interest in 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 them and I think my interest in everything around it uh including like dealing with fucking idiots um was at an all-time low it was at an all-time low and so I think Wrestle Kingdom did a great job in, at the very least for me personally, giving me uh, a little little power up, a little little boost, a little energy. And I appreciated it um, because I did come out of Wrestle Kingdom feeling really good. Dash the next day is always exciting. And uh, I was excited by some. It did kind of have me scratching my head at other things. But then after Dash, like the weirdness came again, you know, and I wish I could sit here and you know how people say, man, don't worry about the business. Just enjoy the, just sit and enjoy it. Well, guess what? We're too deep. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that if we just watched the shows, we just tune into the big shows then we'd be loving it, wouldn't we? It would be much more enjoyable, probably, right? But we are in too deep, Joel. <laughs> we are in too fucking deep. Uh, we are uh, nipple deep, if you will. 
and we and and sometimes that gets a little bit like when you see and hear and communicate and converse with people about what is going on with the company and what is going on booking wise and and uh, the temperature in the locker room and the, the 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 behind the curtain things, you are left scratching your head and you're wondering, oof, a is this sustainable? Like, is is like what will New Japan look like Dome and Dash next year? Like that to me is one of those things where it might feel like it's a night and day situation. Um, and, and again, we'll get into it, but it's, it's a weird time. So like, like if we could just sit here and and watch wrestling shows, I, you know, that might be great. Do I listen, do I like to get texts and, and, uh, little nuggets and little things? Yes. Yep. To me, and I think Joel would agree. That's our currency because we ain't making a lot of money doing this at all, right? So to be able to be uh, given information, and some of it might be true, some of it might be their perception of the truth, and some of it might be, hey, you know what? I got an agenda that I need to uh, push, and here's the information I'm going to throw out there. And it's Joel and I. Uh, it's our job to kind of weed through that, right? Uh, it's weird, man. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Don't you think it's weird? It is weird. And I, I think I'm trying to embrace the weirdness and enjoy the ride because right, unless something goes horribly wrong, New Japan is not going anywhere. No. And it, it's going to – and again, when push comes to shove, when it comes to the big shows and big matches, they pretty much always deliver. And I just, again, like you said, just strap yourself in, enjoy the ride. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns this year, uh, a lot of nutty stuff happening. And um, change is good. Embrace the change. Embrace the chaos. Yep. Not the heel faction. <laughs> right. What's left of it? Um, yeah. I mean, that's the best advice you can have at this point. Like if you're – look, I know there are freaks and psychos and our Discord is chock full of them who love kind of the the the, the – the, backstage stuff too um and i appreciate that i mean there wouldn't be games like fucking football manager <laughs> you know what i mean like you could play madden and uh, you could, but there are games where you have excel spreadsheets <laughs> and you're looking at data and you're making trades um but here's the here's the thing too as much as we love the in-ring product um at times like that, the, the, the what happens behind the curtain does impact the in ring to a certain degree. Um, when you have happy wrestlers, it makes for a better product. I don't care what anybody says. Like the idea of having wrestlers be grouchy, grump, grumpy, underappreciated, or you know, their feeling and their perception is their reality. So if that's the case, then, um, that's not good. It's not good for morale. It's not good for a locker room. It's not good for them going the extra mile. Um, and money always talks. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. I mean, look, I don't know where you want to start. So, 
just let's just start. I feel like we've already started. But I, here's the thing too that I don't like doing, but I do anyway, and because we have to, is when we talk around things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's plenty of shit where we. I'm sure people are screaming in their cars or in their fucking on the train or whatever. Just fucking say it, Damon. What the hell's going on? And this some stuff we can, and some stuff we can't. So let's talk about the stuff we can. Yeah, it's contract season. Um, it's nothing new that for most of the foreign wrestlers, their contracts will be up around this time of year. That is the case every year. I, I believe most of them are on rolling one-year contracts. However, there has been a lot of noise, a lot of people being very public about the fact that their contracts are expiring, which is unusual. You don't usually get this volume of wrestlers saying, talking to you know, podcasts or Fightful or whatever, saying, hey, my deal is up and we've had... Uh, ELP talking about it, Tamatonga's talking, um, Clark Connors, Alex Coglin, Gabe Kidd now he's come out saying his deal's up. So that, I think, belies what's going on behind the scenes, which is, to me, uh, serious discontent about what is being offered by New Japan. And a lot of that precipitated by exchange rates and the fact that the, the hashtag, the yen is down. Um, but that's that's real. That's a real thing. And that is something that doesn't affect the wrestlers, the, the domestic wrestlers who are based in Japan, but those who are exchanging their money and you know spending most of that abroad, that, that's going to be a huge factor for them. So um, I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know what the resolution is, but we have to acknowledge the fact that there are a lot of disgruntled foreign wrestlers at the moment, and we don't know where they're going to be come February. Right. Um, and it's not just speculation. Like there's, we have been told about, I don't want to say like a, you know, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a union, but like, a, look, it's not one individual. Let's put it this way. It's not one individual crying out to management to treat me better and pay me more. It's a collective thought that, more than one uh, active pro wrestler within New Japan Pro Wrestling is saying. Like, it's a collective voice. Um, and I think that's a important thing. And, and quite honestly, it's one of the few times that I've ever heard of that occurring, of there being almost a a solidarity, if you will, in the fact that we need to be treated better or we'll find other options. Um, and Joel's right. Like I've never have experienced this much uh, of people pushing the, their own narrative that they, they might need to explore other options. Uh, and, and I should, I think this is, these are people who want to stay. I yeah. think they want to continue working with New Japan. It's not like they're being realistic. I think they know they're not, you know, moonwalking into AW or WWE with, you know, big prominent TV programs. They'd rather stay in New Japan, but they want to be paid what they think they're owed. Well, and and they probably could. Um, and for less travel expense and less wear and tear on, on your body with the travel and um, quite possibly, you know, you know, less physically demanding. I, I mean, they probably could get that kind of money. And especially with these contracts, uh, TV contracts that both got, both 
promotions in, in the States at least are, are moonwalking their way uh, into, there's money to be had. So, you know, they're like, like wrestlers don't want to hear about fucking exchange rates. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the last thing they want to fucking hear. Uh, save, they, they, you know, they're hand waving that. And now it's, you know, there's there's money out there, and that's and and they realize that okay, I could work here and maybe be a, a somewhat of a bigger name than maybe I would over here in the states. But if money's equal, and 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 once again, if I'm on TV, I'm I'm a, I'm, an, I'm more of a star than I was before. I don't know. I mean, look. Everyone can argue and everyone can can say, you know, if you're a New Japan guy and you get signed, you're not going to get used well. You know, Jay White, uh, fucking Aussie Open, uh, you know, whatever. The, the name goes on and on. They're still more famous than they were before. I hate to say it. Um, I'm probably making just about as much. So, I mean... But again, this is the first time. Like, we've always had Western talent going over to Japan. It's happened forever, right? Um, this is different. Like, this feels very like a like a concerted, focused effort. And, and again, I don't want to throw around union because it's, it's not that. Um, but like, this is the first time I I've really have ever heard of of collective unity in the sense that we're getting fucked and and I will go so far as to say this people that aren't there still have friends that are in New Japan and I wouldn't go so far as to say that there's an active push by those people to get the New Japan talent out of New Japan but it's it's influential. Let's put it that way. It's influential. Um, and I'll go so far as to say that it's no secret what guys, and again, not everyone is Will Ospreay, but there's no secret of what he was uh, offered and, and accepted and, and, and took, right? So people see that kind of, Stuff being floated around, and they're looking at their paycheck and how it's short and how it's maybe not on time as it once was. And, oh, now we're getting paid not at the end of the tour. It's now whatever. Like, people look at that. People, Here's the strange thing. People still have rent to pay. People still have mortgages to pay. People still have car payments. People still have vets that they have to take the dog to. People have kids. They don't give a fuck about New Japan Pro Wrestling. They want the money for the short amount of time that they are able to earn that money. And they're going to get it. Um, because right now, there's money to be had. Right, we better get into Wrestle Kingdom itself then. So, uh, attendance, first of all, 27,422. So, mm. I mean, for, for context, better than Wrestle Kingdom 11. But uh, only slightly above last year. So last year was 26,085. And that was with a lot of restrictions in place, uh, certainly in the build-up to Wrestle Kingdom. And 
I think the, the prognostications were that they were hoping with walk-ups to maybe hit around 30,000, which they did. They were well short of that. And in hindsight, when we had the early numbers doing quite well, you know, the, the pre-sales and all of that stuff, a lot of people, ourselves included, were, were taking that as a sign that, hey, maybe this sort of Naito Sonata thing is landing with, with the domestic crowd better than we thought. However, I suspect um, in hindsight, a lot of that was foreign rest, uh, wrestlers, foreign people coming into Japan, you know, g- given that the restrictions have been lifted, who are able to plan their Wrestle Kingdom trips far in advance, get their tickets, and that was maybe fluffing up the numbers, uh, which may have been mistaken for, oh, actually, everyone loves Sanada as champion. And obviously the walk-ups did not do as well as people were hoping. And, and I would take this. I don't think this is a good number at all. I don't think it's a terrible number, but I think they, sh- they should have definitely improved upon last year. Um, I would take that as a sign that perhaps the the prominent programs um, for Wrestle Kingdom were not the smash hits that yeah. the, the company thought they were. And a lot of people did too. Like a lot, There were a lot of people that were definitely you know, trying to, I don't want to say influence, but like, you know, they, they, they're looking at, they're looking at the early numbers and, and being very happy with the idea that the Naito, uh, roll call and all that was the be all to end all and Sonata and, and all that. Um, it is a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie because it, what it reminds me of, um, and maybe Arsenal has had this in their past. You tell me. They come out of the gates real hot, and I like the only thing I the, the, when I heard the real numbers, I was like, mm, "This reminds me of something familiar to Philadelphia." Remind me of the Philadelphia Eagles, who started out ten and one, ten wins, one loss. That's hard to do in the NFL. Not easy. Everyone's, you know, eating their ass. And, uh, you know, Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, a lot of holes in the game. A lot of holes. Mm, they've, been, they've been exposed. And they've lost, what, five of six now. And they're just, they're limping into the playoffs. Limping. Um, I mean, you, you, it might be. It might be. I, w- I would love to see numbers of how the percentage of those early sales. Because, you know, when you looked, sold out. This tier sold out. This tier sold out. And it looked like, at least on the surface, that there was no way they weren't going to overtake last year's numbers by a long margin. And it didn't happen. Um, but everybody kept telling us that sales were still good. And, and you know, this wasn't a, uh, you know, this was not just G1 win Naito because tickets went on sale before G1 final, right? To fan club members. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it, is, it was. Look, I turned on that TV. I saw a lot of people I recognize. Let's put it that way. <laughs> He's sitting in very, very prominent seats. So maybe, maybe you're on to something, Joel, because uh, when it was, when it's all said and done, it felt like. There, we should have blown away that number, and it never came to pass. Well, looking ahead, next year is a Saturday. The year after that is a Sunday. So 
you'd hope there's a big push to do a, a much, much stronger number. Um, but I mean, looking at how things have been put for New Beginning, I'm not sure they're necessarily taking away the lessons from this that I would want them to take, but um, I digress because we will get on to that. Um, first of all, viewing experiences. Um, I watched after the fact, so I was working at the time when it was going down live. So I watched it when I got home. I didn't have any issues. Uh, Matt says, what did you make of all the interference? Personally, I didn't mind House of Torture or Bullet Club, but having that little yellow buffer symbol pop up in every match really took me out of it. So I didn't experience any of that. I think um, maybe that was something they got fixed uh, in post. I thought English commentary was excellent. Really, really great. Um, It feels like they are establishing their roles a bit more clearly. I think Walker in particular has done a tremendous job absorbing everything he's like a sponge isn't he and he didn't miss a beat in terms of the key stories and themes going into each match and I thought they you know hit the notes they needed to hit for for the big moment so again for a, a novice team a novice in the sense that they've you know, three three guys who've not called a huge number of shows together I thought they did a really fantastic job yeah and and they're always improving right uh, and the more that they work together the easier it'll be look there were times where I was just like Chris can fucking cut your mic <laughs> you know what i mean like like let let walker do what walker does like you hired him for a reason let him do it um but you know i think that, that those moments were few and far between i thought i thought chris did an excellent job i thought walker did an excellent job i thought it was you know it's not like it, it doesn't happen often but i think that the idea of having a Rocky Romero, and I know uh, before that it was Robbie Eagles, um, just having a, a third guy in there um, for, all right, I'm going to say it right now, you know, there's a big difference between being 21 and being 30 something, right? And being from Oklahoma and being from originally from England, you know, um, like, there's some jokes that go right over fucking Walker's head. <laughs> like, like he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, and I'm sure yeah, well, he's, old school, isn't he? he's, he's not there for the ha ha's. He's there to call the action. He wants right. to, to do things, the, you know, the traditional way. And I, I think he's onto something there. Yeah. And I think to be able to bounce those moments off of a Rocky Romero and, and still let Chris do his historical takes and his, you know, nine pages of notes that he takes and all that. Like, that's cool. From Chris Samsa. Shout that? out to Chris. Yeah, yeah. Chris Shout out to Chris Samsa. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I asked Chris if he wanted to do uh, a little post show, but I never got back to him and I feel bad. <laughs> um, but maybe we'll arrange it. We'll, we'll get him. We'll get him on. Um, I wanted to have him on after I was talking with him a little bit. Um, anywho. The they did good. They did well. Um, I, in the beginning, when it was live, it, there was uh, it was Japanese commentary, and I had to dump out and go back in to make sure I was in the right spot. Like I was like, "Am I that I hit the Japanese?" And I wouldn't have had a problem, but I kind of do wanted to hear, uh, did want to hear, you know, the English commentary and how they how they made out. Um, but yeah, yeah, there was a, there was a little hiccup, uh, but it was quickly rectified. All right, well, let's get into the show itself then. Um, the Rambo 
I mean, I appreciate Chase Owens letting us know in advance that he was coming to Rescue Kingdom to avoid any disappointment. I turned this on during my uh, lunch break at work. I was like, right, I'm going to watch the Rambo and lunch. And then entry number one, Chase Owens. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll say that. I mean, I've been banging the drum saying that they should have done the never six-man gauntlet match. They may as well have done for how they sort of slept walk through the book in here with just having all the tag teams coming out um, sequentially. Yeah, by and large, it was... A bit of a nothing Rambo. Best bit, uh, well, it was really great to see Fujita Junior Hayato coming out. Um, I think he's off to get his cancer treatment, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and of course, uh, Takashi Izuka coming out was tremendous. And I enjoyed all, all of that, all of the shenanigans and him um, ripping the shirt off. Was it Nagami, I think? Um, and yeah. all the stuff with Tai Chi and the, the iron claws and all that. That was the highlight of it. I mean, the actual match itself was whole lot of nothing really and and again i think i've just got to remind myself that these matches it's not the four coolest guys or the four best wrestlers that go through that it's just you know but looking at how it went at new year dash <laughs> it was just all, all a bit of silliness really um yo coming out in his like school tracksuit i don't know if he was doing some sort of gimmick way like forgotten he was supposed to be in the rambo was like running you know panic you know you, you have those dreams where you're like oh i've got a test and i've not studied for it and <laughs> right, you your school on. uniform yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I think that's what he was going for i could be wrong though but um uh, Tim i thought Drogba's it was like michael sarah i thought he was trying to be like michael <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like when i saw him running like he was i was like i don't know if you've ever seen the meme where it's like michael is it sarah am i saying his name right yeah. Um, like he's like jumping from bench to bench in this big winter coat. <laughs> like I just, I, that's all. That's all. I, for a second, I was like, he's fucking being Michael Sir. Uh, so yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that was. <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, the Rambo yeah, well, uh, was weird. So sorry. Uh, where Tin Drop Guy says, "When will Yo get a push? And is he selling his tracksuit? Lean into the tracksuit, Yo. Let's, let's have more of that. He was he was very very silly in this match, but um, he was yeah extra, as they say. Any more thoughts on the Rambo? Oh oh oh! I'm sorry. I thought that uh, I thought extra was enough. Um, no. Um, any other thoughts? Isika was right, was right, cool. Uh, no, no, no! We're not moving. We're moving on. <laughs> I gotta. I did like that. I liked. The, I liked the Gobi's face, like his his the fear in his eyes of fearing the music for the, the time. That was very good and entertaining. Um, in incredible shape, Isaka. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. It didn't look half bad. Um, I saw him on a. This is ninety. It might have been ninety or ninety one. Joel Goodhart show to what then became what was the ECW was Goodhart's promotion. Not let me take that back. Goodhart's promotion blend Todd Gordon bought it out. Todd Gordon does Eastern Championship Wrestling. Boom, ECW. Well, here we go. Um, so it's Goodhart and Isaka was on the show, and it, like it was like I, I think back to that show, and he was just like you know fourth match or whatever. And I was like, wow, <laughs> guy's completely different. He was just like a young lion kind of guy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my story. That's what I'll stick with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, right, moving on to the main card then. We had the first match, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with the challengers Catch 2-2, Francesco Acura and TJP defeating the champions, Drill and Maloney and Clark Connors in 9 minutes 38 seconds with a 2-2. So Catch 2 are our new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion. So, uh, of course, the, the, the big story here is um, TJP 
debuting. I don't know if this is like an ongoing thing, but the, the gimmick of the Aswang, like a, some sort of Filipino vampire thing, and Akira in his body paint. Now, normally, Damon, I, I love the pageantry and the sense of occasion and stuff like this for a Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I, I love the war dogs looking like a pair of chip and chip. That Chippendales in their in their white gear and the new white belt, but um, I thought it kind of ruined the match. That Aswan thing, I thought it swallowed everything up, and the match became all about the gimmick and all about TJP. And the match was uh, a poor facsimile of far superior matches they've had in the past, and it kind of shook the crowd up a bit. There, there was a bit with um, Clark screaming "Wake up!" at the crowds, and and they they were trying hard, but it, uh, I feel. The whole Aswang thing just spoiled yeah. it. Really, it kind of yeah ate the whole thing up. Like they tried to do some interesting stuff and uh, you know build up Akira as the babyface in peril, but it didn't stick landing. You know the hot tag TJP just escaped from the collar by himself, and the the mask and the gear was very distracting. It was just I felt it detracted from the match rather than enhancing it. And and you know the, they did two shows. <laughs> you know that that kind of revolved around that the setup in the coffin and then the reveal in the coffin. Um, yeah, this is, this I, is Lucha Underground shit. Yeah, uh, I, look, I know it's been done before, but it, it's been done to death. This whole uh, double personality thing, like it really is kind of. I'm at I'm at the end of my rope with it. Like I'd be happy if I never saw it again, and it, because it's it has been played out on new japan stage and and even bigger stages like it's just like i'm i'm so over it and you're right i felt like it did take away from the match um the the mask i don't know looked it looked dopey it's a, fiend. It's a filipino fiend Okay, but it looked like he bought it at fucking Halloween <laughs> store. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it looked rubbish. I hated it. <laughs> it was garbage. Um, so look, it I I don't it didn't land for me. I don't know many people that it landed for. I don't know. Look, sometimes in wrestling, people have great ideas for their own character and their own work and their own you know. And other times, boy, they miss the mark. And that's why there's quality control, right? That's why there's somebody there to be like, mm, nah, we're not fucking doing that. And imagine yes, yes. someone needed to say to him yeah. when he was like, Hey guys, I've got a great idea. Let's do a coffee match. Someone should have said, no, yeah, do not. that later in the year. Do that on, on Don Taku or something, not right. fucking wrestling. Right. Right. Because here's the thing. It's the first match, right? We're like, okay. If you want some of that stuff to, to go on, the theatrical thing, you know what? You, let's let's reserve that for later down in the show. I would think, right? But the f- like, you haven't. Nobody's. We had a Rambo, and then we had a fucking thirty minute intermission, and then we have a guy coming out of a coffin. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was okay. But here's the thing: with that even being said, I thought the match was good. Uh, yeah, but I don't think it 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 was what it could have been. And I mean, I think you're right. I think it was. That whole angle gimmick thing was a was a bit of a distraction, and um, I'd be happy if we never saw it again. Yeah, uh, Mark of the Discord says has the Aswang already locked in worst gimmick in twenty twenty four award, uh, and the answer is yes. I mean, and I'm all in favor of like you know sharing and celebrating culture, but th- th- yeah, this was a swing and a miss for me. But um, anyway, we move on. We have the NJPW World TV Championship match with the challenger Hiroshi Tanahashi getting the surprise win over Zack Saber Junior. 
in eight minutes, 53 seconds via pinfall. Um, I, I just can't help but get hyped for Tokyo Dome Tanahashi. He just always looks like a million bucks with, you know, the, the robe and all the feathers and stuff he's wearing. He looked fucking terrific. And, um, yeah, I mean, you were speaking about um, Chris Charlton throwing out the comedy references. I mean, him mentioning youth hosteling with Chris Eubank. I hear you, Chris. I know that's for me. So I, I appreciate it. If, you, if there's a references that no one else will understand. Um, this was, uh, I mean, the ending was abrupt, but really great. I mean, Tanahashi against Zach is like pizza, isn't it? Like, even when it's not the best pizza you've ever had, pizza is still good. And there was that, like, shocked cheer from the crowds when Tanahashi got the pinfall at the end. So, um, I mean, I don't know if this has anything to do with the fact that Zach was about to break Hogan's, or not, not I don't know if he's hell's, hell, blah. he was about to surpass Hulk Hogan in uh, Tokyo Dome winning streaks or something like that. So, I don't know, maybe Hogan made a phone call, but... um. <laughs> Maybe this is an example of um, what I suggested in the preview to the show of Zach losing up, you know, freeing himself up to do something bigger. So Cola Blue says, is this ZSJ's year? I'd love to see him finally win the IWGP title. Can he be a serious title challenge in 2024? I don't see why not. And now he's jettisoned this TV title belt. Maybe that's, you know, going to free him up to have a serious crack at that belt. Um, Nate says, thoughts on Tana? There's a lot of questions about Tana Hashi's present. I'll deal with those in a second. What did you think of the match? All right, match first. Uh, look, I think Tanahashi has spent over a year putting himself into positions to win, right? Uh, whether it be never six man, where you know he's somewhat protect- protected in the sense of he doesn't have to go thirty five minutes by himself. Um, he's not that guy anymore. And to expect that from him at this point in his career is asking a lot. I'm sure if you tapped him on the shoulder and said, can you go? He would say yes. That being said, smart, right? 15 minute matches. Give him the belt. I got no problem with it. Um, the idea of like younger generation belt. Well, okay. Let's, we're throwing that aside. We're, we're like, like we're done with that. That's not, it's not going to happen. It's not a thing. It's not real. It never was. <laughs> yeah, this so, is what happens when um, like Bushiroda telling New Japan what to do. Yeah, I mean that's that's the word on the street. That's for sure. Um, that he, you know, they never even wanted this belt, uh, but it was a an uh, you know an email from upstairs. Um, so it like Tanahashi's in in a position to succeed. Fifteen minute sprints. He can do that. And he's, again, he's not defending the title every fucking night. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally cool with him winning that title. Um, and, and it does help even elevate that title even more, even, even though Zach did an unbelievable job of making that title worth something. Once again, it's the wrestlers who make the titles. The titles don't make the wrestlers. Uh, yeah, this does feel like Zach losing up, right? And does he have world champion in him? I, I mean, look, I would have no problem with it. I would, I would encourage it greatly to happen. Um, and here's here's what I think too. It's not like he's one of those guys where people are questioning. You know, it's not like Jericho giving him a title and not saying it for eight months, you know, or Kenny or whomever. Like, if you're giving it to Zach, Zach, you know, is is in Japan living. Eating, sleeping. He's in Japan. So if you wanted to give him a shot, look, I, you had Sonata be your champion for fucking eight months. You had Evil for a cup of coffee. Um, so the, to me, I got no problem with Zach 
Zach to me is is ten ten times what those two are. So do it. I, I would love it. Or at least, you know what? Let's have a really good, solid program with whomever is champion at the time, whether that's Naito or whomever. Like let's 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 invest more into Zach because that's that's where it's at. Yeah, uh, and as you said, I think a win, a singles win over Tanahashi for a title still means something. So I think there's value to be mined from whoever it is is going to be the guy that beats Tanahashi. Uh, so Nate says, thoughts on Tanahashi as president and if any impact he will have going forward. Is he going to work in-ring and be president? That That's the impression I'm getting. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's stepping back from in-ring anytime soon. Uh, Antonio says, saw New Year Dash and Wrestle Kingdom. Really enjoy it. I have two questions for you guys. First, thoughts on Tanahashi becoming new NJPW president. Do you think he will revive NJPW back to where they were during the elite, like sorting the contract stuff with local and foreign talent and fix the whole copyright situation with fans plus booking situation? Or will be another Harold May, Takami Obari, someone who doesn't neither about business or wrestling, although Tana has more knowledge than both plus May, has better business pedigree than Obari. Hopefully you guys enjoy my questions. And in the tweet here, he said, personally, don't like, and he's at it, he's tagged, Obari here at Takami Obari. He's a worthless piece of shit. Oh my goodness. The fact that he wanted to get rid of Okada tells you what you need to know about him as a president. But to be fair, he was right on shifting Ibushi since he's washed and finished. Oh, so, um, look, you, you entitled your opinion about Abari. Don't tag him if you're going to no. call him a worthless piece of shit. That's really mean. <laughs> That's you it. see that. And I don't just... want to be associated with that. I don't want to look like I'm endorsing you calling him a worthless piece of shit. I don't think so. I think maybe <laughs> he's sitting there, not necessarily he's, the best fit. <laughs> he's sitting there at breakfast. He's reading the uh, the newspaper, maybe. Uh, maybe scrolling through his phone a little bit, checking up on the news. Has a has a delicious egg omelet in front of him. Uh, maybe some natto. Who knows? Just trying <laughs> to enjoy life. And he picks up his fucking phone. Oh, I got a Wife notification. there. <laughs> Right. Oh, I got a, I got a notification. Oh, I wonder who this is. A friend? A relative? No, it's Antonio calling me a fucking asshole. <laughs> single tear rolling down his cheek. Right, single tear. But he's like, what What the fuck? Tell me what's wrong. Are you okay? Yeah. You look sad. <laughs> fuck this man. Fucking pro wrestling. Um, <laughs> poor guy. Um... I don't even know what the fuck we were talking about. Where, where, what are we talking about? Uh, uh, is Tana actually going to make everything okay as president? We no. don't know. We might just be a figurehead. I mean, it's too he early. He is. Well. That's what, isn't that what, what the word on the street yeah. we got? Is it like, yeah. And here's the thing, too. Like, he's, I'm sure he'll have input. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he'll, he's a wrestler. He's a pro wrestler and one of the greatest of our generation. Um, Maybe the best. Who knows? Arguable. So, from a pro wrestling perspective, I trust him more than I do any suit in Bushi Road. No doubt. A thousand percent. And and he is a person of, of stature that can have his voice have some weight and some merit. You know, it's not like it's fucking, you know, Taguchi. You know, you're complaining to the office. Like, if there's something that needs to be done, Tanahashi's the voice. Um, is he sitting there with spreadsheets on his desk trying to balance a budget? No. Please, people. Now, is he being groomed for that? Is he being slowly eased into that transition? Yeah, I would hope. Right? It makes sense. But I'm not. He's not sitting here 
you know, oh, our taxes are due. <laughs> you know, who's writing the, you know, like, like, uh, you know, uh, where's the tea lady? <laughs> right? That ain't happening. Um, I just gave it, I just gave you a nice little 60s, 70s British reference, Joel. You didn't pick up on it. Do you remember I the, did, I liked it. Do, do you remember the tea lady? The tea lady? Um, we didn't have one of those in the States. Uh, the tea lady. Um, anywho. Yeah. Tanahashi is a great front-facing face uh, of the presidency um, and is being slowly exposed and groomed and trained and nurtured to be that, but he is not that right now from, from my understanding. Right. Uh, next match then was a special singles match. Yu Uemura defeating Yota Suji in 10 minutes, 57 seconds with the Deadbolt suplex. So uh, this is Yuya's first singles match post-excursion. And yeah, really good match. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, 10 minutes is only so much you can do. This wasn't designed to be, you know, a match of the year candidate barn burner. This is establishing the significance of the generational rivalries, you know, something that you could go back to in the future when these guys are meeting each other on a bigger stage or, you know, the same stage, but higher up on the card. So it is the first chapter of what I hope is a, a long and exciting story and setting up little narrative beats between them, like, you know, the pinning combination that you used at Koraku and playing into the match here. But, uh, Really enjoyable, just a lot of colour and style and flair and nice haircuts and confidence, charisma on show. I think Yota is more of the sort of complete package at this point. You know, he's got the the charisma and the confidence and that sort of star aura. You are probably a bit better with the the fundamentals in terms of the grappling. I know a lot of people have likened him to Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, that connective tissue that everyone's talking about. Um, so yeah, really interesting to sort of compare the two of them. Like you, you're still lacking that that extra level of sharpness and, and execution. But even so, this is a, a massive win for him. You know, a lot of people had their doubts when he redebuted, but I think we're cooking now. I mean, a singles win at Wrestle Kingdom is not to be sniffed at. Nope, no, it's not. Um, I love this match. I loved everything about it. I loved how excited I was for it. I love the fact that a lot of eyeballs were on that TV and in that building, kind of looking at the future. I fucking dug that. Um, you know, I, they felt they felt bigger than their match, if that makes any sense. Like it, they felt like they could have been even higher up on a card and not missed a beat. I, personally. I would rather see them maybe undershoot big spots than be wet nursed into those big spots. Does that make sense? Like I'd rather see them in big roles and bigger roles um, and maybe stumble a little bit. It's okay. You learn from that. Um, As opposed to, uh, you know, we're going to give them 10 minutes. We're going to, all right, now the next step is this. And then next, like, I feel like they're well beyond what they have been given so far. And I understand that it's, you know, it's, that's a new Japan thing. Like they're going to take their fucking time with it. And I, I've got to get over the fact that, uh, it feels chaotic and we need stability. Um, and I think those guys, all four of them can provide that. Um, 
and I and I but I got to get over that because it's not going to happen on my watch is going to happen on New Japan's time. I thought they were bigger than this match. I thought they presented themselves as bigger than the the match. I felt like they are ready for bigger and brighter things whenever whenever New Japan wants. Um I was really impressed by both of them. Um and you know one of the things that I always talk about when it comes to young lions is I don't necessarily need to see them fucking how well they can lock on a Boston crab. Like, okay. That, I mean, that's fine. It's the connection and, and how are they handling themselves in the ring and what do they do in between those moves and how are they conveying who they are to the crowd there? Because to me, that's pro wrestling, you know? Um, and I thought they, they outshined. They outshined a lot of veterans. Let's put it that way. Um, they're ready. I'm sorry. I, I look again. I'd rather see them stumble a little bit, climbing the mountain, than being safe and saying, staying kind of in the same spot. And okay, I'm gonna take a step. Okay, we're gonna take it. No, come on, get up the fucking hill. Let's go. Uh, and very much the same case, I think, applies to the next match, the special tag match with Evil and Ren narrated defeating Kota Kiyomiya and Shota Umino. So Ren pinned Shota after seven minutes, six seconds with the double cross. Uh, Shota came on on a motorcycle. I enjoyed that. So yeah, you could <laughs> just delivering talk- food, it looked like. <laughs> it, looked like it, was a, it looked like it was a fucking DoorDash deliverer. Like that, <laughs> like that was the wimpiest motorcycle I've ever seen in my life. It really was. It was oh, a moped. No, no, it sucked. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, if you're going to do something like that, fucking... Uh, you gotta come out a, yeah, you gotta come out in a Harley or some shit. You know what I mean? Like it was just like a, I don't know. It was a little. Come on, dude. All right, sorry. They call no, me. No, motor- just, they just call me a motorcycle demon. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> motorcycle demon, our favorite segment. Um, yeah, I think we're just sort of setting the table for again the future between Shota and Ren, and so Ren's got one over on Shota now. So. Uh, again, I dare say they will be meet each other at Tokyo Dome matches at some point in the future. Um, I mean, the match itself was fine. It's seven minutes. You can't even even the most diehard House of Torture denier can't really complain about seven minutes. Um, and yeah, again, yeah, again, we've got Kiyomiya here. He's a dash as well. <sighs> question marks? Question marks? I, I don't know. I, I just think there is possibly some fire to this smoke, um, but uh, yeah, not a huge amount to say about this aside from that. I mean, they. Let's put it this way. They could have very easily not booked them for Wrestle Kingdom and not booked them for Dash. They did. To me, it's just a matter of time before it's official. Then we had the Never Openweight Championship match where Tamatonga, challenger defeated the champion Shingo Takagi in 30 minutes, 46 seconds, following the DSD. Yes, we're applauding. I mean, both guys, they read the brief. They had their working boots on. Maximum effort from Tamatonga, which is that's about all you can ask for, really. He he delivered. So we've got to say fair play. There's some really great spots here. Tope from Shingo, the made in Japan into the gun style. Really good. Lots of callbacks to people in Tama's past. Just a terrific match. And, and I apologize to Tamatonga. And I said on our preview that I hope he goes out and proves me wrong and has the match of his life. And that is exactly what he did. So well done, Tamatonga. If you wrestle like this... Uh, every time, then, uh, yeah, I, I won't be complaining anymore. Now, he did say post-match that he's leaving. 
then there was some stuff that went down with Evil, and he said to Evil that he's not going to leave and he's going to stay to beat up Evil. But I, I don't know where we are anymore. I mean, taking that at face value, if he is leaving, I mean, as a dad, I totally get it. You know, best for all parties, you want to be close to, to your little ones, and, you know, you missed her first steps, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Louis says, I think most of us will agree the Shingo versus Tamatonga match was actually really good. I even saw Damon say he took the L on Discord, as a lot of us did. Uh, did Tama say he was going to leave the company, make him put out the best match he has had in a while? Uh, friend of the show, Lawrence, says, uh, my questions are, why the fuck are we burning up Tama on his way out? Uh, why is the TV title in a weird middle-aged limbo? Is Yu versus Suji the best overall quaffed match in the history of the Dome? Uh, yeah, so the, a, a lot to unpack here. Great match, but what are we doing? If Tamatonga's leaving, why are we putting the title on him? I mean, I guess he's just going to lose it to Evil and then he is a transitional champion and then he can ride off into the sunset. So, I, I mean, it, is that sort of the best case scenario for all parties where he, he has an absolute banger and then can go to WWE or wherever he's off to? Yeah, I mean, listen, leave on a high note, Costanza that, you know? <laughs> you know? You know, you're not, you haven't, you've never, you know, first of all, let let me throw the flowers at Tamatanga and and Shingo, uh, because both of them were outstanding. This match fucking ruled. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I thought it was, it truly was one of those moments where it was like, okay, he this guy, this, this guy can go, or at the very least, at the very least, he can keep up with a guy who consistently has great matches, right? And that's all that we were asking for. I think he exceeded those expectations. Like I thought that look, name me a better match that he's been involved in and and you'd be hard pressed. Um I kind of felt like the whole idea of him announcing that he, like you know, I'm leaving was spur of the moment. Like it really felt like it truly wasn't it's kind of, you know, he kind of alluded to the fact that it was like I don't think anybody knew that he was even thinking about leaving. Um, they belted him up, and then he cut the promo, and you know it kind of it might, maybe I don't know if that has anything to do with what we opened up the show with, but uh, yeah, it did seem weird. Like, uh, here's the thing: New Japan, I, I doubt that they would have done that if, given the circumstances, he said, "You know what? I'm I'm going to go home." You know, it would make no sense. So I think even New Japan was maybe taken a little bit by surprise by by those comments. Who knows how valid they are? Um, at this point in the game, I look again. He, if, if I'm not going to sit here and 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 scramble back and say, "Oh no, let's sign him because he can have a match like that." Okay, how long has he been in New Japan Pro Wrestling? And okay, this is the match that he fucking had. It's been a long time, right? It's been a long, 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 long time. It's great to know that he has it in him. Trust me. Love it. Fucking love it. But, you know, let's, let's, I, I know everyone's all fucking thrilled to see it and maybe overreacting to it. But if he is going, I'll be the first person to drive him to the airport. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for his cab. I, I don't care because you're not going to get that all the time. You're not going to get that half the time. You got that once. Once. And it was great, but you got it once. Let's 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 not let's let, let's not get out of control here and sign fucking Tamatanga to a 10-year contract. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. 
All right, then uh, next match was the IWGP Tag Team and Strong Overweight Tag Team Championship match with the challengers, El Fantasma and Hikaleo defeating the champions, Bishamon, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto in 9 minutes 47 seconds. Hikaleo pinned Goto following the Thunderstruck 91. So we've got new tag team champions. And this match brought up an issue which I've been meaning to talk about, which was a uh, sloppy camera work. They kept missing big spots yeah. uh, throughout the night and they missed the tope uh, here. I thought it was a solid match. I mean, I bought some of the near falls, the super thunder kiss 86. That was a good one. And sort of nice story development of Hikaleo this time, not hesitating to hit the top rope splash um, and, and doing it, even though it looked really clunky and <laughs> bad, but uh, yeah, nice moment for all three, like the post-match celebrations. Good. Heartwarming. I like it. Match was, Eh, it's it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as good as as the World Tag League. I I, I didn't think, but um, yeah. Look, I, I I like the idea that we're switching it up a little bit. You know, we're getting some fresh faces up on top. I got no problem with it. Um, I'm glad you brought up the camera work and production. Uh, one, like this was a company that took a lot of pride in the fact of not missing much at all, if ever. Like they were, they are, they are, they are on point, and it did seem like they were missing shit left and right. And know what they're doing now too, and it drives me nuts. But here we go. Somebody get in their fucking ear, please, and uh, whisper this as affectionately as you possibly can. Stop fucking moving the camera when there is even a slight hint of a high impact move. It doesn't sell the move. All it does is give me a fucking stroke with your shaky camera bullshit. Stop it. I hate it so much that I want to fly to Japan and bite the fucking forehead of whoever's holding that camera. Stop it. Enough with the impact shakiness, uh, the vibration. Stop. Stop it immediately. I hate it. Uh, and and again, let's let's get in position, guys. Let's fucking you need to do a better job. You know what I it was so distracting, and I don't know the dude's name. He's probably a nice guy. I don't know. I, I see him in Philly and all. But the uh, photographer that New Japan hired, like he does strong stuff. Uh, I see him every fucking strong show. Big guy, kind of long, kind of stringy blonde hair. You see, you see him at ringside. Uh, yeah, I think I know what you mean. Couldn't stop looking at him. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> he stood out like a fucking sore thumb, and I could not. St- everywhere he was, fucking he's on camera. And I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, compared to all the other press, yeah, he does kind of stand out like a sore thumb. But uh, I was like, oh, there's that, that, du- that dude again. I don't, again, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I never, never spoke one word to him, but he was in every goddamn shot. Every shot, it seems like. All right. That's a minor complaint. Okay, we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match where the challenger, surprisingly, uh, El Desperado defeated the champion and his eighth defense, Hiromu Takahashi, 40 minutes, 21 seconds with a pinche loco. So Despi is our new junior champion. So, yeah, big, big surprise there. Um, I guess the title defense record thing was a, a bit of a red herring. And, yeah, I was expecting it to be someone like Wato or maybe Fujita to get the rub from ending that reign after Hiromu had broken the record. So, yeah, g- genuinely shocked that Despi won, although... I do think it's the right move. I think it's time they freshen things up. Um, the match was very, very good, but it's just unfortunately I can't help but compare all subsequent matches these guys guys have unfavorably to one of the best matches I've ever seen. They're 
Best of the Super Juniors final, which hit just such an amazing emotional crescendo that unfairly they've just raised the bar so high for that that it's hard to get anywhere close to those levels. It may be unfair for us to expect them to, but... Uh, and again, with the time, I feel that maybe these are guys, particularly Despi, needs a bit more time than 40 minutes to really do his stuff. He's not he's not a sprint wrestler, is he? He's a guy who tends to do better when he's got a bit more time. And maybe there is something to what Hiromi said about, you know, these guys are not going to wrestle each other again unless it's in the main event because they deserve that time to be able to tell their story. So, yeah, really good match, but uh, didn't come close to the peaks that they have um, done previously. Yeah, and it's a tough, tough bar, right? That that was set. Uh, I thought the match was really good, though. I really did. It did leave me questioning, like, what was the point of even all of the, you know, the the record that Hiromu was chasing. Um, I mean, you know, if if we're looking at it from a from a sports perspective, yeah, I mean, sure. Not everybody reaches the fucking finish line. Not everybody fucking scores the touchdown. So um, it was surprising. I, I really did feel that. Um, the one thing, though, I will say is this. I'm, I'm kind of surprised sometimes when I see stuff about Hiromu and like, okay, if he's not champion, then what do you do with him? And I don't know. Like, I don't ever remember Liger getting that kind of criticism. I never remember a lot of juniors getting that criticism. Like they're going to be the anchor and and the and the star and the 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 main focal point of the junior division. And there are going to be times where he, you know, maybe challenges for the tag title. Uh maybe they create a fucking another belt for the juniors. Who knows? Um, not that we need another belt, but you get my point. Um, you know, maybe he goes away for a couple months. Who who knows? But, you know, he's a junior and that ain't going to change. Like he's not going to be a heavyweight unless they totally dismantle and say, okay, we're not doing juniors anymore. Like he's going to be the, like the, the focal point of the junior division, just like Liger was for countless years. Um, and no one batted an eye to say, okay, he's got to be a heavyweight. Now, were there times when he did dabble in heavyweight stuff? And I put that in air quotes, most famously the, the Shinya Hashimoto match, right? Battle Iger, uh, G1, right? So uh, Hiromu could do all of those things. And again, he's challenged before. He's wrestled for world heavyweight uh, titles. But he's going to be your star, your ace of the junior heavyweights. Um, and that and that's really that. Nothing wrong with that. Now, some people could handle that. Some people couldn't. Kushida being one of them. Kushida wanted more. He had to leave New Japan to do that. And if and if Hiromo wants more, he'll have to do that. That's 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 the, the honest to God truth. Like he's not going to grow. Four inches and become a heavyweight. He's not going to turn into Trent Beretta, right? It's not going to happen. So it is what it is. If he wants more, then he'll he'll go out and do more. But he is your he is your star of the junior heavyweights. 
Yeah, it's a really good point because I think every single time Hiromu drops the title, they're like, oh, okay, you're going to move him up to heavyweight now. Uh, oh. Flynn writes and says, what is next for Hiromu? I think he either needs a decent junior tag run with Titan or to move out of the division altogether now to end the same Hiromu, Despi, Ishimori thing that has been going on for years. So, yeah, I mean, the junior division could do with a bit of freshening up. Uh, we've got a new champion now. But, um, yeah, I don't think... Hiromu moving to heavyweight is something I'll be holding my breath for. I, I suppose the interesting question is, can we finesse our way to getting Hiromu versus Naito for the anniversary show? Which surely that's that's got to be something on the minds of, of New Japan Booking Committee. It doesn't necessarily have to be the case that it is the ju- he, he doesn't need that junior championship to be in that match. I mean, we've had anniversary matches in the past where the junior representative was not junior heavyweight champion. So yeah, that's not necessarily a hard and fast rule, but want to keep an eye on moving forward. I still think Hiromu versus Naito is, that's a money match. And I don't know when, but I, I think they should probably pull the trigger on it this year because Naito is not getting any younger. He's not getting any faster. So uh, yeah, if they want to cash in on that one, I would say do it in uh, 2024. I would agree. Um, and I'll, the only thing I'll add is I, I kind of like the idea of El Desperado Naito, to be honest with you. I'd like to see that. Yeah. Yep. I'd like to see that. Sorry, Hiromu. Yeah. <laughs> Get to the back of the line. <laughs> have fun at uh, AEW. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we move on to the IWGP Global Heavyweight Championship inaugural champion three-way match with David Finlay defeating Will Ospreay and John Moxley. 22 minutes, 17 seconds following his uh, a new move, Overkill. So David Finlay becomes the first IWGP Global Heavyweight Champion. In the heart of the squared circle's dance emerges a rebel with a cunning glance. David Finley, now the rebel, they say, in the Bullet Club, he leads the fray. With a shillelagh in hand, ruthless and sly, he strikes with precision, none can deny. A conniving figure, a masterful mind, in the wrestling world, a leader defined. The rebels stare, intense and bold, a tale of defiance in the stories told. Into oblivion, his finisher's call, the move that echoes in the wrestling hall. The first IWGP global heavyweight king, in the ring, his praises they sing. A rebel spirit, fierce and untamed, in the wrestling realm, Finlay's name proclaimed. Damon, talk to us about David Finlay. Well, thank you, Lanny Poffo. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I look forward to catching your frisbees uh, from heaven. Um, I, have a, I have a poem, too. There once was a girl from Nantucket who... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not doing that one. Okay, I'm being told no uh, by our imaginary producer. Um, hey, it was an okay match. It was a really good match, actually. Uh, I think there is weird value in John Moxley in that we know he's not going to lose in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring. But the the energy and the craziness and the old school brawling wild man mentality uh, is is refreshing. I think Will Ospreay is. I, I look. Uh, how do you put this? Like his loss is going to be uh, immeasurable. It really is. And I know there are plenty of fans and there are plenty of people that, you know, maybe not the biggest fans, 
It, you to lose a talent like him in ring, especially is it's, it's impactful. I'm sorry, just it is. Um, and I think David Finley, while we all felt like this was his match to win and he needed to win and he needed to look strong and he needed to have a definitive win and he needed to be thought of as a guy. Uh, I thought everyone did a really solid job in at the very least attempting to make that work. Um, Your mileage is going to vary on David Finley. Um, And I think the jury is still out, but I think this match did give him a much needed uh, boost and, and resuscitation from, you know, just people hand waving. I don't think as many people are hand waving him now. Um, now look, we have some strange programs r- around the corner involving him and some new faces. I'm, I'm willing to at least try again and, and keep an open mind. Uh, because like I said, I, I feel like both those guys gave David fin- Finley a, a little bit more fresh air and a little bit more let's take him seriously. And I, and, and truth be told, aside from a win, what else could, what else did anybody really want out of this? Like, I don't think people were looking for the greatest match ever to be in the Tokyo dome. I think what people really wanted was these two huge wrestling stars help put over a guy who desperately needs it. And I think mission accomplished. Yeah, totally agree. I, I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was a really terrific match, despite my misgivings about it. And, you know, always a bit wary about three-way matches, but I enjoyed the layout here. I thought they they worked hard to avoid the usual tropes by sort of making the start of it a handicap match and giving Finn a good reason to be out of it for an extended period and, and give us chunks of that Mox Osprey singles match. Um and of course, Mox did a blade job. That's his favorite thing in the world. And, and I thought, sort of, from that point onwards, the three-way action was really well balanced. I thought they, as you said, did a really good job accentuating Finlay's strengths as being this violent savage with a calculated burst of violence. He's not a coward. He's not Jay White. He's not going to hide or run away. He brought the fight to them. He's got the fucking balls. Uh, you know, the bit where he stands in the ring between both of them and says "fuck you" to both of them. That was. That was good. A nice sort of character-defining moment there. Um, so really well-paced, well-timed sequences in the back end. Um, the run-in made sense with uh, Coglin and Gabe Kidd. Um, Coglin with a callback to Bloodsport, that was good. And, and the table bump <laughs> made him look like, you know, when you go to the toilet in the middle of the night and forget to put down the seat. <laughs> it was a, a great visual. Uh, I loved towards the end of it there when Finlay did that back-of-the-head stomp. That's a really great move. really fits him. Great finish, right finish, uh, a bold finish. Not necessarily the one I was expecting, but the correct one. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. And as you said, made Finland look tremendous because I am very much in this sort of mindset of what have you done for me lately? I thought he had a, a, a poor back half of 2023, but he's off and running now, admittedly with two of, you know, two of the best wrestlers on the planet out there with the director for making him look good. But, you know, he's he's got the ball now. 
he's got to run with it. So I'm excited. Let's let's see where we go with it. And it is a really nice belt design. They they've knocked that one out of the park. I think yeah. the new belt looks tremendous. Uh, so of course we've got to talk about the uh, Nick Nemeth pull apart at the end. That had me excited, Damon. I like that. I like the Nick Nemeth thing. Um, I, I I know he's 43, so he's not exactly a young whippersnapper. But I think he seems like the sort of guy that just the very fact that he is working with New Japan is a great sign that you know he could have cashed in and gone straight to AEW. You know, maybe he is doing New Japan first to sort of rehab his image and maybe get a sort of more high profile spot. So then, if he does eventually go to AEW, he can do that off the back of a successful New Japan run and, and go higher up on the AEW cards. That could very well be what's going on. But, you know, even if we're just doing the, you know, the Jonah model of a guy coming in for a tour or two and go on a hot run, um, beat a few guys, and then eventually gets beaten by a New Japan guy on his way out, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I think the Jonah model is a good model. We should be doing more of that. And uh, I'm quite excited about Nick Nemeth. I think there's there's upside there. So well, a few questions about this. Um John says, is it a step in the right direction to have the global belt on a full-time New Japan guy? I understand Finlay hate, but surely it's better to have it on him than AW3. Yes, absolutely, John. I agree with that. Daryl says, any chance that Nemeth ousts Finlay as Bullet Club leader? It will be a huge profile boost for Dolph, and it will be some fresh air over Finlay's lame run. Is it too soon to pull the plug, even though he's been lackluster? Uh, Bullet Club was a huge property that's been thrown into the grounds. Um, yeah, so what do you think about the Nick Nemeth situation? Well, you know... When we talk about contract season, it is a, uh, an annual tradition of former WWE personalities um, to have their contract, uh, no uh, compete clauses expire. And, okay, where were they going to land? He's one of those guys that I I said vocally, I have no problem with him stepping foot in a New Japan ring. I feel like he can uh, keep pace. Um you know, at one point, and it does feel like this was a hundred years ago, but at one point, this guy was really, 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 really good. Um, and that's really, 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 really good with the WWE machine really not backing him a whole hell of a lot, right? Um, yeah, I, his whole run was characterized by being underutilized by the company. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, there's there's one I truly believe one of the greatest moments in all of televised pro wrestling history was him cashing, cashing in. Yeah. At, at cashing in um, on Raw, you know, the, the Monday after WrestleMania, uh, Del Rio, if I'm not mistaken. Like that was a moment like that. He was fucking on fire, red hot. Um, even his stuff with AJ Lee and like, there's plenty of stuff that you can go back and say, okay, that was, that was pretty good shit. Um, so no, I think, uh, look, I, do I expect him to be, you know, five years from now, you know, still in a new Japan ring? No, by no means. But even like if they do a Jonah thing, I would have no problem. If they do it, that a Cody thing, I would have no problem. Um, I think it's I think it's worth the investment. Like like of all the people that were out there, I like he's one of those guys that I don't have a problem with. Would I be surprised if he landed? I don't know, United Empire. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, I think there's a lot you can do with him. A ton you could do with him. 
And and to me, he's a guy who can still go. So I think it, I think this is a win for for everybody involved. Yeah, same. Very excited to see what he looks like in the New Japan ring and with the WWE shackles off, what uh, a Nick Nemeth match looks like. And you know, excited to see who he's going to be tussling with. So, yeah, hopefully they can get some good mileage out of that one. Um, okay, moving on to a special singles match. Kazuchika Okada defeating Brian Danielson. 23 minutes, 24 seconds with the Rainmaker. I just I want to savor that. Kazuchika Okada versus Brian Danielson at the Tokyo Dome. Because I think maybe with all the doom and gloom leading up to the Wrestle Kingdom build-up, I didn't really appreciate the significance of that. Like two of the greatest wrestlers ever getting to lock horns on a stage like this was a really special moment and something I want to savor. Um, unlike <laughs> Okada's Technicolor dream coat with the the little scanning thing, I I'd yeah. had to watch that a couple of times to actually figure out what had happened there. But uh, man, this match was, to me, everything that the Forbidden Door match wasn't. And I think it was in the right place in front of the right crowd who would appreciate this kind of match. And just the, the psychology with the arm, just the little moments, like when Okada blocked the first kick with his arm and then was in so much agony that he dropped his arms and then took the second one to the face. I just thought they built up that drama and escalation really, really well. There were some nice callbacks to the Forbidden Door match. I thought Walker uh, did, did a really tremendous job selling that story, how you know he's not going to allow history to repeat itself in his home. And Okada's selling was just next level. It was outstanding. That The, the, the range, the transition from agony to that glazed look in his eye as he was sort of circling the drain of consciousness – uh, Danielson played his part really well. He was brilliantly nasty uh, with, you know, the stomps and those horrible twisty submissions that are they're less flashy than a, a Zack Sabre Jr. submission, but look a lot uglier. Like, you know, you're about to see a bone pop out. I was getting flashbacks to Frank Mir versus Big Nog from UFC many, many years ago. And just, just a really great story of Danielson trying to take out Okada's arm so he can take off his head. Just next level psychology, next level selling. I'd love this. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Like I'm watching this match and I'm thinking, you know, there is a definitive line between wrestlers, pro wrestlers, and professional wrestlers. And like, I, I, sometimes I even think there's a even a level above that, <laughs> you know. And and those two guys are are definitely in that category. Like like, you you when it looks easy you know that they're they're beyond talented and when it looks painful you know that they're above tremendous pro wrestling you know it's we spend a lot of time talking about and we have and we are absolutely guilty of talking about the doom and gloom and Boy, that that really just kind of rattles your reality of man. We, we we have something great right in front of us, right in front of us. Let's let's take these fucking dweebs' advice and sit and enjoy. And I did, and it was great. It was truly great. Is it one of the greatest Wrestle Kingdom matches of all time? No. No. Was it a great match on its own? Yes. Yes. Um, and again, we're talking about guys that are on the downward slope of their careers. But you know what? Sometimes I'll take a guy who's maybe a little bit more banged up um, 
and wiser and smarter and has a little bit more experience and polish than a guy who is going to go out there and just do every fucking crazy move under the sun. Like I saw, I saw professional wrestlers be the best at their art. Um, and like, and like when the match ended, that was the feeling I got. Like I just saw two artists. I saw two, like I saw, you know, a great band. I saw an unbelievable movie. Like I saw the art of professional wrestling, um, the violence of professional wrestling. I saw the seriousness of professional wrestling. Um, like I, I felt like that match was while again, it might not have been as super spectacular as some wrestle kingdom main events. I thought technically it was right up there. Like I, like I felt like I saw masters at working their craft and I felt very privileged to be alive to see it. Yeah, yeah, very much agree with that and echo what you say about, I think this was one of the matches where I just needed to shut the fuck up and enjoy it and don't get bogged down with all the, AEW, oh, Tony Khan, oh, who's going to win? Rah, 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 rah. Just appreciate what was a fantastic professional wrestling match. So well done to those two. Um, main event, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. Tetsuya Naito defeated the champion, Sanada, 25 minutes, 42 seconds by Destino. So Tetsuya Naito is our new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. This is a tough one because, you know, had they delivered this exact match on, like, I don't know, night 13 of a G1 main event, I would have said, yeah, great, brilliant, well done. But this is the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. I feel the bar should be higher for this. And I, I warned when we did our preview that Sloppy Sonata is just waiting to come out, and he did here. Not in a way that I thought completely spoiled the match, but it did derail it, and it, it took a lot of work to get it back on track. It did look dangerously close to falling apart there. Um, but yeah, if you're emotionally invested in the story, I could see how this would be really rewarding. I didn't feel that there was any real jeopardy. I didn't at any point buy that Sonata was winning. So I thought it was a very good match, but unworthy of uh, Wrestle Kingdom main event, sadly. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not touching those Wrestle Kingdom matches of the past. But I don't think anybody... I can't say I don't think anybody there was kind of disappointed in the fact that it didn't deliver on in that metric. I think there were 25,000 people there that wanted to see Sonata with his shoulders to the fucking mat for three seconds and Naito raising his fist in the air and doing his roll call. Like, there, I don't think there was a person in that building that was like, let's go Sonata. <laughs> you know, no one. No one it wasn't that snug, wasn't it? No one cheered for him. Uh, Daryl says, how come Sonata's big baby face moment came not during his half-year title reign, but only after he lost the biggest match of his career? I was legit cheering for him after all that, and I couldn't care less about his championship reign. Seems like a missed opportunity in retrospect. So, yeah, that the, where he rescued the roll call at the end. Huge part for that, but aside from that, just nothing for him. No, no. And as Kevin Kelly said, what do you expect, right? 
And I think that's the, the, the challenge, right? Like if you're looking for something else, you ain't going to get it. Um, yay, he cried down the aisle. Okay, great. <laughs> wow. Okay. What a rage this guy has. Um, it's nice Muto gear though. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, look, the match was good. I don't think the match was terrible. I don't think the match was even like average. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Um, there is a certain bar that is correct. And, but again, I don't think anybody was there for that. I, I think they were there for, you know, the idea of Naito winning the title. Um, I do. I, I will say this. Not only did they get me, I was audibly cheering when uh, Evil got disposed of <laughs> and they were able to. That was, that was so <laughs> I, good. I love that so much. That was. I, and also, I like when Dick Togo came out and everyone was going, oh, it's a new person. It's a new wrestler. No, it's just Dick Togo. <laughs> yeah. And the, the collective just, oh, my God, they're going to do I can hear it. I can hear it from my living room all the way here in New Jersey uh, of I cannot believe they're going to fuck this guy again. And they didn't. And it was the greatest fucking troll job maybe in the history of pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that the pro wrestling office uh, decided to, f- to kind of tug one more time, like a little, just a little nudge on a, on a, on a, on a cut uh, that, you know, still hasn't healed properly. Uh, just a little, little pinch just to remind you uh, of, of, yep, we're going to fuck with you again. Uh, but then it paid off. Like then, like it was like a moment of, <laughs> It was like resetting a bone, I guess, or resetting a, a dislocated shoulder where there's unbelievable pain. And then they're resetting it, which means even more unbelievable pain. But then it's done. Right. Uh, so th- they got me. And I, and I and and whoever came up with that, I applaud because uh, it really did. It really did the trick. It really did. Yeah, um, and I think some people were hoping that Sanada might get included in the roll call, but uh, he wasn't. And, you know, it was a nice moment. It was a, a good way to end the Wrestle Kingdom. So uh, that was it. That's, that was Wrestle Kingdom. All in all, pretty good show. Yeah. I came away from it, like you, rejuvenated, thinking, yeah, this is a company that, big picture, knows what it's doing. There is something about Wrestle Kingdom, you know? There is something about that first opening far shot, looking at you know the roof, the the the, the big, sp- you know spongy roof, uh, and the, and the people in there, and hearing the announcements, and hearing the bell, and it does take you back. You know what I mean? You know, I, I do spend a little time. Oh, I sat there in that area before. Oh yeah, I remember sitting over there. And I oh, there's that stand. I know that. Like there is a lot of that, and and if a lot of times i just sat in my living room thinking wow i need to get back i i i got an itch and I, and that itch is still here so we'll see what happens but um if 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 anything it gave me that itch again and i'm and i'm i welcome it. i kind of i kind of like it so uh, looking ahead, William says, do you think this time next year we'll be looking back on Tanahashi and Naito's retirement matches at the Dome? Feels like it will be a good way to achieve the president's aim of selling out and shifting tickets for their last G1 slash autumn shows. I don't know about both of them, but are you 
possibly looking at Tanahashi to be calling it a day at some point in the next 12 months? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say this, that I think both of them deserve their own night. Like I wouldn't want one person to share the spotlight with the other. I think they both double are, dome, double retirement double, dash. Now, now we're talking. Um, like that, that, that would that would be something special. I think. Um, look, I, I think I think in ring retirement is coming sooner than later. I don't know if it's Wrestle Kingdom coming up. 2025 uh it's a nice even number or odd number but you know a nice you know halfway point of the decade um tanahashi winding down becoming president huh look there there are people that don't know how to stay out of the spotlight i'm looking at you mr muda (laughs) uh that being said, you know there's a, there's got to be a time. It's going it's going to happen. Um, what a, what a better what a better spot, right? What a better spot. I'll I'll say this definitely maybe. Uh, Cactus says so. Did Obari lose his position simply because talent like Okada turned against him? The booking of the matches here seemed pretty consistent with the past year or so, with no evident course correction. I don't think. It was anything to do with booking. From my understanding, something happened. Someone did something naughty and was fired as a result of that. And again, I said before, if you look at Ibushi's tweets, there might be something to those. There's probably a kernel of truth in there somewhere. So I, I wouldn't be comparing booking now and booking prior to Obari's departure and thinking, oh, well, this is the same. What's going on? I, I think it was a, a separate issue entirely. But um, again, we must move on to New Year Dash. And, and we'll just sort of try and take the big talking points out of this because uh, we had Tanahashi having a match against Taguchi. But the big news coming out of that was Matt Riddle. Uh, there was a video challenge where he said he would like to face Tanahashi. Uh, Gui says, can New Japan just book a proper good show anymore without souring the fan base with awful shit, like booking alleged abusers on the next one? Uh, Mark says, riddle me this, would you wipe your feet on an unwelcome mat? So a lot of people are upset by this, uh, and I totally get it. To be completely again, this is one of those things where you've got to draw your own line in the sand. If you're the sort of person that can compartmentalise that and separate the art from the artist, blah, 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 and still find enjoyment from the matches, then... Fair play. If you are someone who has no interest in seeing Matt Riddle wrestle and you hate it and you are not going to watch him or not even watch New Japan because they are giving him work, more power to you as well. I mean, no one can tell you you're wrong on either of those sides, to be honest. Personally, I'm just getting exhausted with having to do this every few months uh, and I'm, I'm just lacking the energy. So I'm going to try and be dispassionate about it. I would rather they had not done this because it could do without the headache of, you know, just again the optics are not good and and I don't like Matt Riddle and I don't think he's worth the hassle but to be honest I don't think it's going to be that much of an issue I don't I don't think the Japanese fans by and large know or care about any of these issues so if he behaves himself then you know maybe it will end up being successful for him and might see some good wrestling if if you care about that sort of stuff but uh, yeah it's another one of these things where I'm sort of tugging my collar thinking oh New Japan what are you like well, you know, not for nothing, as I like to say, if you uh, were a member of our Discord channel, you did definitely got that news much earlier than that uh, 
video that was uh, prepackaged for the New Japan broadcast. Um, one, you know, I'm, I'm often reminded that we are somewhat on an island and we are, there's a, there's, there's a massive fan base pro wrestling. That is that quite honestly don't know. And I can't say they don't care. Um, there, there are people that are well aware and don't care. There are people that don't know and don't want to know. Uh, there are people that are, you know, it's like, all right, you know, that's the world we live in. Uh, and you're right. Uh, if your money speaks louder than anything, not your dumb tweets, not, you know, your, your outrage in a public forum, it's great. Your money is, is, is where your mouth is, uh, as Tony Khan would say. Third, I don't think we're 100% certain, and you, correct me if I'm wrong, Joel, we're not 100% certain that this is a Japanese-based run for Matt Riddle. And I guess my question is, is how is that motherfucker even getting in the country, right? It's my understanding that this is just a U.S. show kind of thing. Um, other than that, I don't know how the guy gets in the country. Help me, help me understand that. Um, so I'm looking here, there was some comments that he's made on Signed by Superstars, where he was asked if the 420 bro might face the Bullet Club. He said, I've read a lot of things. The 420 bro probably won't make it to Japan. Right. I think that just, again, I am taking that as meaning that he's not going to bring weed with him to Japan. My understanding is, is that he is going to go to Japan because he's got a match booked for Battle in the Valley uh, and it's not against Tanahashi. So, yeah, uh, right, I could be they wrong. They have that Chicago think, show coming up and yeah. there's a lot of shows in the U.S. that they're looking to do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he never sets foot on Japanese soil. Um, I, you know, he could say that he's not going to do weed. I, I'll believe it when I fucking say it because I don't think there's a day goes by. <laughs> that he have- I don't think they would have done that video thing, though, in Japan in front of the Japanese crowd to then be like, oh, sorry, this has only happened in the States. I mean, I mean, logic would 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 agree with you, Joel. But this is New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, point taken. <laughs> All bets are off. Uh, I mean, like your line of thinking is is, is a thousand percent uh, in the right. But once again, we're talking about it's New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I won't hold my breath on him being in Japan. Um, so again, if if once again, if you uh, are bothered by the fact that New Japan would invest their time and effort um, into a person with a, we'll just say, a, a sketchy past, um, you're, speak with your money. Speak with your money. Um, that's that's the best way to show your uh, dislike of that business situation. Right. Uh, what else have we got from Dash then? So um, Youngblood, so that is... Um Oscar Loiber and Yuto Nakashima. They are going on their excursion. Oscar is booked for WXW 16 karat gold. No word yet on where Nakashima might go. Possibly Red Throw, maybe in the Farley Dojo. 
because uh, I know Ooh. he trained there. Yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> tug of the collar there. Yeah. Uh, this match uh, against G.O.D. was followed by Chase Owens doing a, a one-man beatdown on <laughs> Ikaleo and ELP. So the next challengers for those titles are going to be Chase Owens and Kenta. Yay, look forward to that one. Uh, get into it, as, uh, as Joe Lanzan would say. Uh, we have a Great Bash Shield, Despi, Watto, Shota and Tamatonga defeating House of Torture where we're setting up programs of the future for Kanemaru, challenging Despi for the junior title. Looks like we might be getting a Watto versus Show program. Looks like we're running back Shota versus Ren, and we're doing Tamatonga defending the Never title against Evil. Then there was a, a big crazy brawl between Bullet Club and United Empire, where they have set up a, a cage match in Osaka, five versus five match, That's with uh, no Francesco Acura, maybe. There's a really interesting thing they did where Acura during the match was targeted by the war dogs and they were, I don't know, gouging his head with forks or something. And then backstage, he was really traumatized and shaken up and said to the others, look, guys, I, I just came here to get the tag titles. We've got those. I, I don't want any part of this. It's not what I signed up for, uh, which was, I, I love that. I thought it was really interesting. I don't know where they're going with it, but I'm really enthused by seeing them doing something, something with Akira. Maybe, in a, I don't know if it's going to lead to any singles runs or if this is just a way to take him out of the match and have Great Okan in the match instead. I don't know, but, um, this match uh, apparently is going to be Osprey's last NJPW match. Uh, Daryl says, I don't understand. First, Osprey is going to be working part-time in New Japan. Then he isn't. Tama has just signed a long-term deal. Now he's leaving. Who's being swerved here? The media, the fans, or both? So w- what is your interpretation of Osprey saying this is his last NJPW match? Um, I mean, I know that he's on a Canadian tour with AEW. Um, they're doing like Vancouver and Calgary and... Um, a whole swing, and that's going to be his first tour, if I'm not mistaken, for AEW. Um, so while I don't think it's necessarily his last, I think it's there. There, there might be some distance between him and um, you know his appearance in Osaka and what we might see from Will afterward. Um, somebody listens to this show. I mean, we spent what, 10 minutes talking about steel cage matches, right? And how we never see him in New Japan. That's one gimmick match we never see. And lo and behold, shortly thereafter, cage match, uh, which I'm actually excited for. I'm actually excited for. I think that could be uh, a lot of creativity and a lot of creative people. And I think they'll do it right. They'll do right by the cage. And... uh yeah, if, if this is Will's swan song, I think we will. I think we're going to see some bat shit crazy stuff. You put look a lot of things you could do in a cage, uh, and I think Will's more than willing to uh, at least give it the old college try. So I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be uh, listen as long as it's not escape the cage as we talked about before. Uh, last man standing is what we're looking for. So I think it's going to be good. I really do. I, I, I actually was surprised when they made that announcement. Uh, I think it's going to be really good. I think, uh, what more can you say? It's, 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 I think, I think they should do, you know, uh, those sort of dragon gate unit disband matches. So loser has to disband their faction because, I don't know what the situation is in terms of merch. And, and I know 
New Japan's are very reluctant to kill their own golden gooses where they're still selling merch. I've, I just recently bought a very nice United Empire hoodie, but I think it would be fun and interesting if they did that and maybe just nuke United Empire because if you know, half of these guys are fucking leaving, uh, then you know let's let's mix things up a bit. Maybe we get something new from the ashes with Nick Nemeth or Matt Riddle. I don't know, but uh, it feels like there needs to be a bit of a shake up there. I think there will be. I, I think there will be, and uh, yeah, what a perfect time and spot, right? I think I think they almost have to at this point, and I think they will. Like I think logic says it will, and I think you know just as much as we bust their balls, um, I think logic kind of dictates that it will happen. So fingers crossed. I think I'm actually excited for that. I'm 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 totally down for for any stipulation like you know unit disbandment. Um, and let's see where we go. Let's see where we go into the spring. All right, back to Dash. We had a Just Five Guys versus LIJ match to set up some future programs. So we are going right back to uh, Naito versus Sanada. They are going to have a rematch uh, probably in New Beginning, probably Osaka. Uh, apparently that show sold out. So <laughs> I don't know, read into that what you like. Um, I think we're doing Suji versus Wemmer again. I don't know. Maybe there'll be some others. We might do Hiromu versus Doki or Shingo versus Taichi. Takamichinoku picked up the pin here, didn't he? So maybe Taka versus Bushi. So Aramethor says, why the fuck are they doing Naito Sanada again? What purpose could it possibly serve? How the fuck are they? do they go directly back? Back to that, uh, Boo says, what if anything do we take away from the fact that Naito and thus the setup for a rematch against Sanada wasn't even in the semi-main? Uh, yeah, this is one of those things I, I, I'm not going to let myself get upset about. I'm just going to go, oh, New Japan and move on because um, I don't know what the fuck they're doing either. I, I took great solace after the Wrestle Kingdom main event thinking, oh, finally, Sanada can go back to the mid-card where he belongs. But no, we're putting it straight back in the, the world title scene. Right. They had the out. It's amazing. Like they had the out and they, and they could have just left on a high note and they could have just left it and said, okay, you know, here's, let's move on. Right. Clean slate. <laughs> they, they went right back to it. It's, I don't under, it's like breaking up with a girlfriend who, you know, you're not staying with, but yep. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta hook up one more time <laughs> for old time's sake, I guess it's, um, yeah, I was like, like what, like there's so many other ways we could go and to just do the old i have a rematch clause which is just preposterous why uh, you again they had the out all they had to do was walk through the door walk through the door and uh nah, nah we're gonna do it one more time um i don't know anyone truly honestly do you know anyone on planet earth that was like you know what they got to run this back <laughs> they got to do this again. No one. Everyone was was saw Wrestle Kingdom as the finish line. We broke through the tape. Let's change things up. And then, oh, oh no, we're not. <laughs> At least for one more show, anyway. So we'll see. Um, I'm. I swerve. please, you Japan, do a swerve. Have yeah. Tai Chi take the show, or, or Yuya. He could be like, no, fuck it. You've you've had your turn, Sada. Yeah, something. I'm not going to go. Something. I mean, I don't think anybody would be upset with that either. Nobody would be like, man, you promised us Naito and Sen- no one. Everyone would be like, all right, we got something new. Um, look, don't ask me. That is one of those. That is one of those. Oh, New Japan. 
<laughs> I guess. And you just have to shrug your shoulders. And and like if you lose any sleep over it, it's your own fault because th- this is the dumb shit that they do. Uh, then we had our four-way KOPW match with, uh, what was it, 10-minute scramble match where we had um, Ishimori defeating Yano and Great Khan and Yo. It was a silly match. I thought it was quite fun. I mean, I liked it at the end, Ishimori running away, but who gives a shit, really? Please shout over me if you have any uh, hot takes about KOPW, but otherwise I'm just going to move on uh, to the main event, which was TMDK uh, defeating the Blackpool Chaos Club. So that set up some interesting stuff where the uh, dream team, the never six-man champions, uh, Okada, Tanahashi, Ishii, are going to be challenged by a TMDK team of Shane Hayes, Mikey Nichols, and Kosei Fujita. So that one's really interesting. Uh, they've also heavily teased um, Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. in Japan. So Boo says, can we talk about Fujita being allowed to close out Dash? Uh, Nick says, based on New Year Dash, do you think Fujita could win the junior title this year? So as you would say, David, not for nothing, spotlight on Kosei Fujita at the end of New Year Dash. And, you know, we've had New Year Dashes before where the spotlight has been on a particular guy. I, I'm reminded of, uh, was it Jay White in New Year Dash 2019? And that was all about him. And then he won the title uh, a month later. Um, yeah, it was 2019. Yeah, he beat Tanahashi for the title at New Beginning, didn't he? Yeah. So Kosei Fujita, looks like they're all in. Good. Hey. He's a guy. You can't, you, no one's complaining, right? I think everyone's happy with that. Like one of those guys getting that final spotlight of the show. And usually that means good things. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, chances of a junior title? Hey. Like there's 360 some odd days to go or maybe even 59 in the year so far. Uh, let's do it. Uh, I'm, I'm good for it. We got plenty of time to build for it. Plenty of time to make happen. Yeah, I would have zero problem with that. None. All right, let's preview uh, quickly <laughs> Battle of the Valley then. That's uh, this Saturday, January 13th in San Jose, California in the San Jose Civic Center. So we've got uh, Matt Vandegrift versus Goldie and Viva Van versus Stephanie Vaquer in the kickoff matches. First match, we've got show to Umano, Fred Rosser and Jacob Fatu against Tom Lawler, Royce Isaacs and Jarrell Nelson. Uh, always good to see a bit of uh, Team Filthy action and, and Tom Lawler. Get him some more New Japan dates yeah. in 2024. Come on, you know, was it Booze? Uh, was it Booze who mentioned? Um, why would you invest in Matt Riddle when you have a Tom Lawler? Yes, mm-hmm. I, I tend to yes. agree. Exactly, exactly. Uh, second match: Mascara Dorada and Volador Junior against Rocky Romero and Soberano Junior. That should be a lot of fun. Always enjoy the uh, CMLL offer matches, and excited to see more of uh, Mascara Dorada. I'm hearing rave reviews about him. Third match: We've got TJP versus David Finlay in a singles match. We well, I assume, I mean, obviously, Finlay's got to win that one and they're going to set up some stuff for their cage match down the line. And uh, yeah, hopefully, we see more TJP and less uh, Aswang here. Fourth match, we got the NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships with El Fantasma and Hikaleo defending against Alex Coglin and Clark Connors. So, yeah, it says they're just defending the Strong Openweight Tag Team Championships here and not the IWGP ones as well, because I was going to uh-huh. say that if Chase and Kent are, are challenging for those, then it will be weird for ELP and Hikolo to lose these. They're, just, they're not combining uh, I, the belt? No. Oh. I don't know. It's, again, it says here on the graphic, it says NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team Championship. So who knows? Maybe War Dogs win them. Um, and again, I forgot to say during the contract season thing, follow the Tamatonga route, gentlemen. And if they're not offering you, if they're not willing to offer you the money you want, but you still want to stay... 
get yourself a push out of it. Make some demands. Say, right, I will resign, but I want XYZ. I want a singles title run. I want a tag title run. I want a spot on the Wrestle Kingdom make card. And just see what you can get. Try and leverage that into into some action. So who knows? Maybe maybe the War Dogs can uh, get themselves a, another uh, strong open weight tag team run here. But I, to be honest, I don't really give a shit <laughs> where those titles land in this match. Uh, fifth match, we've got the NJPW Strong Women's Championship, which is a thing apparently. Uh, wow. Julia defending it against Trish Adora. I'm sure, that will be fine. Sixth match, we have Zack Sabre Jr. and Badu Tito. Yes, more Badu Tito against Matt Riddle and X. Uh, speculation, this is maybe going to be Jeff Cobb to do the old, what were they called, the Chosen Bros in PWG. I think that was their name, Riddle and Cobb. Mm. Then we have the uh, AW Continental Crown. Fuck wow. Wait, hold on a second. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, right. Wow. <laughs> uh, Eddie Kingston, yeah. who, as everyone knows, won the AW Continental Crown won their Continental Classic and has won every single championship known to man because that's what people want from Eddie Kingston. That's the appeal of Eddie Kingston, the everyman, is to see him winning uh, a shit ton of singles titles and and tournaments with murderous rows of opponents. And uh, he is is two matches away from breaking the uh, strong openweight title defence record. Again, that's what we want. That That's a, a, a good, solid understanding of... Um, what people love about Eddie Kingston breaking uh, title defense records. What the fuck are we doing here? I mean, I, I I enjoyed Eddie Kingston, but what are they doing with him? What do 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 I have? Am I am I a dickhead? Am I? Well, yeah, but that has nothing to do with Eddie Kingston. Um, I mean, he's he's not losing this match. Like, no chance. Gabe Kidd is is beating him for a, a singles title. That ain't happening. Um, <laughs> Eighth match, we've got no DQ, Shingo Takagi versus John Moxley. Love that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, Moxley's winning, of course. Ninth match, Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. Uh, and I assume this is Okada getting his win back here. But that is a card that went from, yeah, nice little show to, whoa, eighth match, ninth match. We've we've cranked it up a few notches. So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff I'm hand-waving, a lot of stuff that is actively making me angry, but can't really complain about those top two matches. No, and here's the thing too. I'm, I'm, I'm I want to be very uh, mindful of how well that building sells, because truth be told, that's like the marquee New Japan Pro Wrestling match. If both guys were sticking around, right? Like that's still the uh, the like New Japan's money match. It feels like. Um, so you're getting it in the states. So like I would think. If you were in that area, that would be a ticket that you would want to purchase, right? And if it doesn't do well, then now we're really either, A, we need to question, okay, so what are we doing in the U.S. from a promotional standpoint, right? And and or B, maybe, you know, hey, maybe we're just overvaluing, like, who we are as a promotion, period. Um, uh, good, good point to bring this up, Damon. Are you aware of the Windy City Riot venue? I don't know of the venue, but I know Chicago. What it, I, I'm gathering, it's not the United Center. <laughs> uh, it's the Wintrust Arena, which is a 10K venue, which is pretty fucking ambitious for a company yeah. that, again, is struggling to get that much over thousands. So, again, like you said, going to be looking at this very, very interested because um, – yeah, Morning Pro says, how bad will the penance be with AW for whatever New Japan is asking them 
asking help them sell tickets to Wintrust. Uh, will any more titles have to be swallowed into Triple Crown irrelevance? Will Naito have to defend the title against Griff Garrison at Forbidden Door? Okada only job in AEW? Oh, wait. Uh, Multiverse A says, is it realistic to expect New Japan to get close to selling out the 10K seat Wintrust Center on their own? Or do they need AEW, CMLL, TNA's help? And what could be the big money match for it uh, be? Battle in the Valley has some big matches and it's not close to 10K or so. Yeah. That's, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Wind Trust, and I could be wrong, maybe it's a newer arena, that might be the old Rosemont Horizon. Um, I might need to look that up. Um, and if it is... It's, I, I'll it's, tell you, uh, 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 sorry, another caveat here, so I apologize for interrupting, but the schedule here, we've got April 6th is the Rio Goku Sumo Hall Tokyo show, which is usually Sacrogenesis. And this Wind Trust Arena show is six days after that. So we're going to run into the same problems I think they usually have where they can't announce the full card because it will spoil whatever's going to go on at Sumo Hall. And mm. then two days after that, they're running the show in Taipei, which I don't know, that could just be a, a house show for, for all I know, but a lot of um, schedule congestion there, which is, again, making me look at that Chicago show thinking, what, what, what are you thinking? Date is the, what date is the Chicago show? April 12th. Okay. And you said there was, what was April... What was the week before? April 6th is their Sumo Hall show. Okay. April 6th and April 7th is WrestleMania weekend. So does that eliminate the possibility of having New Japan involvement in that weekend where usually every Tom, Dick, and Harry is running the show? Uh, well, they've again, they've not announced anything for it. They said, I, I thought they I said stardom, be- right? Yeah, I I mean they can't do it, right? I mean if they're going to be if if they have a a big show scheduled during that, how are they going to make that happen? Now the week after, okay, great, they're in Chicago, but I mean if you're looking for a a a mass of wrestling fans, WrestleMania weekend is the weekend to do that, right? So I can't imagine seeing a lot of now maybe you know strong guys, you know guys that are you know, more US based, but the idea of, you know, an Okada or a Tanahashi or a Shingo or any of them being WrestleMania weekend, I think that's out the window at this point. Um, selling out a 10,000, 12,000 seat venue, no fucking shot. None on their own, anyway. Like, and, and I gotta be honest with you, even with an AEW involvement, I, I can't see that happening. Can you see that happening? Them sell- Can you see them selling seven thousand? No. They they need AW for that one. They would need to go cap in hand. Please, sir. Please, Mister Khan. Can we borrow Kenny Omega? If they run, maybe if they do Okada versus Omega, they might put a dent into that. But even so, I, I doubt we're getting close to ten k. Uh, I don't. I don't think we're sniffing it. Wind Trust Arena, I'm looking at. DePaul, I don't know, college. DePaul uh, University plays there. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is the Rosemont Horizon. This looks like a little bit more of a newer venue. Uh, th- there's no way. Uh, I, and again, I'm going to set the – I'll set the number at 5,000 on their own. Are they – over or under five thousand? 
Uh, under. Under. No matter what they put on that show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just being a thousand percent honest. Yeah. So like, this product's not hot. I mean, what, what did they do? At, you know, the peak of their powers, the Dallas show. I mean, I know Dallas is, is a different market, but I mean, what was the number they did for that? Not much. I mean, there were a lot of fucking empty seats. Let's put it that way. Dallas. I mean, and then they do like the, the shows like at, right outside of like in suburban Texas, Dallas, Texas, uh, the Metroplex area. Uh, yeah, they, they, what do you got? A thousand people? Um, no, they're fucked. <laughs> I, hate, I mean, I don't, I hate to be the doomsday guy. I'm just being realistic. There's no fucking way they're selling out this building. I mean, I, here's the thing. Not only are they not selling it out, like I, I'm trying to think of like what match would be, well, again, the, 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 the match that they have in their pocket is Will and Okada. That's, what else do they have that would that would draw even no, close? They're, they're, again, they're doing that this weekend. So they're not right. running that back. That's right, what I'm saying. Again, again, the only thing I could think the match that's probably going to have the biggest cachet with uh, US fans would be doing Okada Omega Five. Yeah, you think that sells it? You think it gets five k? Um. Yeah. Right. Maybe a push. Ooh. I'll tell you, I, I would, I would be shocked if it did. I would be shocked if it did. Um, all right, you know, look, hey, I, shoot for the stars, right? Shoot for the stars. Maybe they got something up their sleeves we don't know about, but boy, it does seem unlikely. Last little bit of news here. Uh, we have the announcement of the Asia Pacific Federation of Wrestling. So ah. this has um, got memberships from NJPW, uh, Stardom. DFW in China, Puzzle in Taiwan, and Setup in Thailand, and Grapple Max from Singapore. So this um, federation of wrestling companies in the Asia-Pacific area, three main goals here, talent sharing, showcase matches, and wrestler training. So the first major step is going to take place in April. Uh, as I mentioned, New Japan are going to present an event in Taipei, so more information to follow. Uh, and in future, member promotions will be able to send wrestlers for their own showcase matches in Japan and allow for jointly promoted events. Just by luck that as soon as I leave Thailand, now suddenly they're getting into bed with New Japan and <laughs> might actually do some stuff with them. Okay. But uh, th- this is pretty cool. I- I'm into this. You know, it's, uh, yeah. I think it's uh, an under-tapped market. I think, you know, as we can see, New Japan trying to uh, make chicken salad out of the chicken shit that is, you know, the dregs of the, the US indie scene at the moment, being only able to use um, cancelled wrestlers and, and guys who uh, Tony Khan and Triple H are not interested in. I think they should be leaning more on, um, yeah, looking closer new, to home for right. future potential stars. Well, yeah. let me ask you this. You you spend a lot of time there, obviously, living there, uh, rearing two lovely children. Uh and you walk around a little bit in your Los Ingobernados. You lost a hat, as a matter of fact. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> uh, that was a nice hat. It really was. Uh, how many people have ever talked pro wrestling to you in your time there? None. I, and you. I'll tell you. <laughs> what a more the, 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 I, I had one experience, right, which is I'd, I'd taken Esther for – taken both the kids for a swimming class – and then as I was getting them, you know, dried and dressed afterwards and getting ready to go, I saw uh, a girl come into the, the swimming place wearing 
an LIJ baseball cap. Ooh, and yours? I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second. That's my baseball cap. That's Mally's cousin. Oh. She's just come to help me pick the kids up. Really? Oh, that's fine. My disappointment was immeasurable and my day was ruined. Oh, well, listen. Well, obviously, New Japan has done a lot of work with their uh, creating audiences and exploring for new ones and uh, demographics and uh, a lot of market research, I'm sure. Uh, absolutely zero people have talked pro wrestling with Joel, who has lived there for you – know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I was like, right. The, the, the most I got was in uh, – I think it was 2018 yeah. when I was on holiday in Hong Kong wearing a Kenny Omega Bullet Club shirt, someone too sweet at me. Ah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> but I think it was another Western person. Oh, was, okay. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. to- we're, we're hitting the hot markets, it seems like. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I, by the way, uh, is, is Puzzle the greatest pro wrestling promotion name in the history? <laughs> That's a great Yeah, name. should we become a Puzzle podcast? Oh, the Puzzle I'm not, Pod. Not a big fan of Puzzles. I don't like Puzzles. Super Puzzcast. No. I, I love we, Puzzles. We the Cyber... Uh, Cyberpunk 2070. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm so obsessed. Play it every day, yeah. every for hours. It's great. All right. Uh, where else you want to do here? Uh, that'll do. I think okay. we've done enough. Yeah, me too. All right. Uh, I'll wrap it up, and then uh, I'm going to go poop, and then uh, get something to eat. I'm starving. Okie dokie. Uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. Please uh, give us money before I uh, lock the deli behind a uh, paywall, which I'm probably going to do anyway. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super j cast for t shirts. <laughs> Thank you, Editor Dan. He's on Twitter at LousyHero219. We're on Twitter at the Super J Cast. Um, annoying people. That's what I do there. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening and goodbye. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network and Liam will do bits and whatnot.